Hey everyone, and welcome to the Devin Carroll Show. I'm your host, Devin, and this show is all about simplifying the complicated Social Security roles so you can use them to your advantage and get every dollar in benefits that you deserve. If you'd like to ask me a question, we record every Thursday at 12 o'clock Central. That number is 903-400-4848. On today's show, we talk to Brian, who wants to know how his spousal benefit will be calculated if he files early. Then Barry has some questions about how benefits are taxed and the accuracy of the tax document he received from the Social Security Administration. And David wants to know if the windfall elimination provision will apply even if he isn't receiving pension benefit. And Carl wants to know how to time his filing for benefits so they'll get started exactly in his month before retirement age. There's a lot of other great calls too, so let's get it started. And let's go to David in Texas. Hey, David. Hi, how are you? Fantastic, sir. How are you doing? Well, I'm good, real good. Well, good. I have a question about my wife's Social Security and the Texas Teacher Retirement System. Oh, fun. I love these. Uh, let me give you a little. Okay. Well, a little background. Uh, I've been collecting Social Security for about two years. I was at my full retirement age. And my wife has just reached her full retirement age, and she's going to start collecting uh, Social Security next month. But for the last seven years or so, she's been working in our local school district as a, and for about seven years now. And she signed into the Texas Teacher Retirement System at that time. And when she, uh, okay, now going back to Social Security, she applied for Social Security and got approved. But she, she, they split it into two parts. They used her own work record and gave her a benefit for her own work record, and then they added the spousal benefit, which then, you know, bumped it up to half of what I make. Gotcha. So now, they she hasn't started taking the Texas teacher retirement yet. So what I need to find out is, do we need to apply the GPO on the full amount of her uh, Social Security benefit or do we need to apply the WEP on her own work record benefit and then the GPO on the so-called spousal benefit separately? Or does that combine or does the whole amount get taken into the GPO itself? Good questions. Okay, so let me catch the listeners up who may not be that familiar with the windfall elimination provision and the government pension offset. Uh, These are two provisions that are in place that say that if you have a pension from work where you did not pay Social Security, there's some recalculations of your Social Security benefit that could come into play. Uh, So in this case, your wife is participating in Texas TRS, and I'm going to make the further assumption that it is in one of the school districts that does not participate in Social Security. Is that right, David? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. There are some school districts in the states who generally don't participate in Social Security. You'll find some scattered around within some of those states that do participate in Social Security. And in Texas, there's 16 or 17 different school districts that uh, do. So you always want to make sure because you could you know, get the TRS uh, pension and Social Security at the same time if that was the case. All right. So what did she do before she was a teacher? Did she have... You said that she had a Social Security benefit from her own work. About how many years did she work? Oh, she's she's worked for, oh, usually 30 years or more. She's worked at, you know, uh, 
you know, she worked for a company in the office. Then she worked retail uh, stores. And then, then she, she did work at a, you know, a, a daycare center for a long time, but they participated in social security. Yeah. So she's kind of had her own, you know, work record for, you know, like I said, I'd say, over, you know, 30 years or so. Okay. All right. So the question that you've asked then is, will the windfall elimination provision apply to the benefit from her own record? And then the additional spousal payment that she's receiving, will the government pension offset apply to that? Uh, and that's, yes. a, that's a pretty astute question because she is what we call duly entitled, which means that she's receiving dual benefits, but it's all wrapped up into one payment. And the simple mm-hmm. answer to your question is you probably have it exactly right. Her own benefit is going to be recalculated to take into account for the windfall elimination provision. And that spousal payment portion is going to be reduced by an amount that's equal to two-thirds of her non-covered pension, her TRS pension in this case. Uh, however, right. let's go back and talk about her benefit for a moment that is uh, potentially going to be impacted by the windfall elimination provision. As you may already know, there is an exception to that penalty affecting you if you have between 21 and 30 years of substantially or of substantial earnings. So the windfall okay. elimination provision may or may not affect her based on what you've told me about her work history. Here's the easy way to find out. If you go to your ssa.gov account, it'll be her account in this case, and print out a copy of her earnings record. And then you simply need to find the windfall elimination provision PDF that the Social Security Administration has on their site. And you can just Google. It's the easiest way to find it. On the last page of that document, I think it's a two or three page document, they list a table of all the substantially or the uh, substantial earnings, the dollar amount of those earnings. And then you just go down through her earnings and check off each of them that meet it and then tally those up. If she has 30 or more years, the windfall elimination provision will not apply. If she has 21 through 29 years of substantial earnings, the windfall elimination provision will still apply. It just won't apply as deeply as it will if she has 20 or less years. So at 20 years or less, there is no relief from the windfall elimination provision. That relief begins at 21 years and at 30 years, the windfall elimination provision does not apply at all. So step one is you need to find out how many years of substantial earnings she has. Okay. Now, I don't think there's going to be a good way to get around the spousal payment portion being impacted. So, you know, for example, if that spousal payment portion is $300 and her pension is $3,000, well, we know that the offset is $2,000. And that's going to completely wipe out all the spousal payment benefit that she could receive. So most likely, that's what's going to happen. That's typical with a duly entitled spouse is that it just gets wiped out completely. Right. Well, I mean, her from what we've calculated so far, since she hasn't worked that long in the school district, I mean, for what she's uh, qualified to get, I'm going to say, you know, two-thirds of that payment wouldn't wipe out the uh, uh, the spousal benefit at this point. I mean, it, it would reduce it substantially, obviously, but it won't wipe it out completely, So, which is a little bit of good, good news. 
Yes, that is good. Now, let me tell you, David, what, what I would recommend is your next step. I've never made a video on this topic, but I have written an in-depth article on how the windfall elimination provision and the government pension offset impacts duly entitled spouses. You can find that on my blog, socialsecurityintelligence.com. There's a search box on the right-hand side. If you're on the desktop, if you're in mobile, you just have to scroll through all of my posts until you find it. But if you're on desktop, search that duly entitled and just WEP will be fine, W-E-P, and you'll see that article come up. But I go into some depth there with examples of exactly how that would be calculated with the windfall elimination provision and the government pension offset affecting both of those benefit types. Okay, that's excellent. I'll go Perfect. take a look, see. Excellent. All right. All right. Well, thanks well, for good. calling, David. That helps quite a bit. Have a great day. All right, I appreciate it. Enjoy your show. All right, you too. Hey, before we go into the next caller, this show is brought to you by the National Association of Registered Social Security Analysts. Now, you already know that the social security system is obscure, it's hard to navigate, and at times, it can seem impossible to understand how the rules apply to you and your unique circumstances. And that's why I recommend working with an advisor that has the RSSA designation to help you build a plan to optimize the benefits you and your family will receive. In the description, there's a link where you can schedule a free consultation with my team of RSSAs. And if you're a financial advisor, tax advisor, or any other professional who works with individuals on their financial life, the RSSA designation will give you the training and tools necessary to become the go-to Social Security advisor in your area. There's also a link in the description where you can find out more about getting the RSSA designation. So now let's head back to the phones. And let's go to Janine in Indiana. Hey, Janine. Hi, how are you? Fantastic. How are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm good. I'm I'm. I have a question, and now that I listened to the other man, I, I, you know, I told the other guy that I heard this in one of your uh, YouTube videos, but I may have read it. So here's my question. Okay. Um, you stated um, that um, a person, say a person, files um, originally um, on a on a X. X's record, okay? okay. And uh, I had to file at 62 and due to circumstances that, that aren't important, but I, I needed to do that. I needed to file early, so I filed on my ex-husband's record. And But you said that when the person that reaches their full retirement age, they can then file on their own record and receive their full benefits, okay? Um, so I, I looked that up. Um, I did some reading. And according to what I read, and I can't tell you exactly where it was, because like I said, it was a few months ago, and, and I'm getting a little older here. And um, so it said that they changed that law recently, okay? Because, and they explained because they didn't think it was fair. So my question is, is is that true? Did, did I read it, you know, something that was not right? Or could there possibly be a grandfather clause? Because... I filed before they changed the law. That's my question. Gotcha. So who knows okay. what what's out there in the internet? There's lots of misinformation. <laughs> so I, yes. you know, I, I don't know, and I I don't talk nearly as much about those strategies as I used to because the laws have changed. But let me back up and and let's talk about your case specifically here. What year were you born? Okay. 1955. Okay. And you filed for a spousal benefit? Yes, originally when, it, when I turned 62, yes. Okay. 
Um, well, yeah, that's how that's how they um, when I went to talk to them, that's that's what they told me to do. OK, so that's that's what happened. OK. And when did you file? When I uh, when I was 62. OK. And how many years ago when I was turned that? 60. Not too long. OK. When it, when it said I would have been I'm 66 four years ago. OK. So that was past the cutoff for when you could restrict the scope of your application to a spousal benefit only and then go back and collect your own benefit later. Even then, I'm, I'm not sure what, what you, well, I'm not sure so what you just said. The, the law, <laughs> I apologize. The law change had already become effective at the point when you did that. Oh, so, it had, it had changed. I didn't think that it did. Yes. Course, but, it, you know, I, I, I believe you though. Okay. So yeah, go ahead. By that point, the law had already changed. And so when you filed, okay. they deemed you to be filing for all the benefits that you were eligible for. And so they gave you the highest benefits that you should be collecting. But uh, j okay. let's just make sure. Okay. Let's walk back through some history real quick and make sure that that's the okay. way that happened. So you have an ex-spouse. Uh, do you also Correct. have a Social Security benefit from your own work? Yes, I do. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. But I, I was never a high earner, okay? So it, it, it was not a lot. Gotcha. Leave it at that. <laughs> yep. So how long were you married to your ex-spouse? Uh, 12 years. Okay. So you've met the length of marriage rule there. So you probably are collecting then a partial benefit from your own work. And part of that benefit is coming as a spousal payment. Yes. Okay. Have you remarried since? No. Okay. I'm single. Okay. Uh, and, and I asked that even though the rules wouldn't permit it, sometimes it does escape and go under the radar. Okay. So, um, how's, how's your ex-spouse's health? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know. Just know that you met the length of marriage rule for him. And mm -hmm. should he pass away before you, you are going to be able to collect a survivor benefit from him. Which See, means that's that why I get very upset about at Social Security because that's why I don't like to call them or go to the office. Because when I asked that question, they told me that I would not be eligible for survivor benefits. And that's not the first bit of misinformation that I've gotten. And, you know, if you call Tuesday, you might get a different answer yeah. than if you call Wednesday. Well, the, the I, rules I are, you, already know that. you have to be married 10 years to an ex-spouse. Uh, okay. There are a few okay. exceptions if you have children where the length of marriage rules don't apply. <laughs> but otherwise, it's 10 years. You were married for 12. So you've met the length of marriage rules. The other rule is mm -hmm. that you can't be remarried unless that marriage can be disregarded, which there's a few reasons for that. But the most, the, the largest reason is that you remarried after the age of 60. So even if you were to get remarried now, that would be a disregarded marriage and you'd still be able to go back and collect a survivor benefit. Uh, so no, you, okay. you absolutely, as, as long as what I'm hearing that, you know, you met the length of marriage rule, you should qualify for a survivor benefit. So should he predecease you die before you do mm -hmm. you should start getting yeah. that survivor benefit but here's the thing they may okay. or may not automatically increase your benefit amount they're supposed to automatically increase it but they may not so i know mm -hmm. you said that you didn't know how his health was but you know you you may want to you may want to start start snooping a little bit and and you know <laughs> stalk him a little bit on facebook and find out because if he's already passed away you may never know it and your benefit could be substantially higher now does it matter be, 
well, I probably would would see the obituary, although he lives out of state. I I uh, I, I probably would know, okay, yeah. somehow if if he did, you know. Yeah. But here's the thing: he has remarried. Does that make any difference? Nope, it does not. You're still a qualified nope, ex-spouse. It does not. Okay. So, see, that's that's why I I started paying attention to you because you can't get you know you can't get the same answer from Social Security, you know, you, yeah. you get bad answers. I found that out. So it can be difficult. I appreciate your help. So Janine, yeah. you know that yeah. moving forward, your duty every morning is to get up and check the obituaries. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank I you for calling. Your help, okay. All right. Okay. Bye. And up next, we're going to Barry in Florida. Hey there. Hey Devin. How are you? Fantastic, sir. Great. My question is, um, I'm going to uh, be turning full retirement age next year. I was born in 1956. My birthday's in March, so that means my full my full retirement age would be um, uh, 66 and four months, which brings me to my first year of declaring or or qualifying would be in July. And my understanding is that if you um, if you qualify for in July, your first payment is in August. So doing a little planning for the future, my question is, I would be receiving five payments in the calendar year of 2022, but I would be qualified for payments for six months. So my question really is, does the IRS tax me on the money that I've actually received in the calendar year or the month's of the calendar year that I qualify. In other words, might do I get taxed for five months or for six months? Good That's question. Really question. And thankfully, it has an easy answer. Your SSA 1099 that you're going to be sent from the Social Security Administration showing the amount of Social Security benefits that you've mm-hmm. received is going to reflect the amount of benefits mm-hmm. that you've actually received. And that's what you submit. Received. Okay, that's what I figured. All of your other tax documentation when you get those, uh, when you get your return prepared. All right, super. So my, my calculations are correct then. I was born in March, 66 and four months. It means I would qualify in July. First payment would be in August. Does that sound right? Uh, make sure, just make sure I'm correct on yeah, that. Let's, so let's go back through that. So you're wanting to collect at full retirement age. That's correct. Okay. Yep. Not, not before, not yep. after. So you were born in March of 1956, I believe you said? 56. Yep. So yep. 66 and four months. Yep. So you've got March, April, May, June, yep. with your first eligibility month being in July, collecting your first check in August. Yeah, that sounds right to me. That's correct. Okay, great. Good. That's all I have to ask. Perfect. I appreciate it. Like, I like the show, and uh, and I appreciate your uh, appreciate your YouTube videos. Oh, you're Learned welcome. A lot. Well, thanks so much for watching, and thanks for calling today. Okay, great. Take care. All right. Thank you very much. And up next, we have Dennis in Texas. Hey, Dennis. Hello. Dennis, are you with me? Yes, sir. I'm here. Hey, hear Dennis. Me? I can hear you, sir. All right. Uh, you ready for my question? I am ready. What can I help you with? Okay, so I am just turned uh, full Social Security age last month. Okay. And I'm working for a government job, so I know the WEP is going to affect me, but I want to know if I start drawing my Social Security check now, will it affect me now, or will it only affect me after I start drawing my pension, ah, my government pension? Gotcha. Well, let me just answer the question very simply, and then I want to go back and dig in a little bit. The windfall elimination provision – uh, which for those listeners who are unfamiliar with the windfall elimination provision is a effectively a penalty. It's a recalculation of a benefit that's applied to an individual who has a pension from work where they did not pay Social Security taxes. 
So in the state of Texas, a lot of school teachers, uh, and that extends out to about another 15 states in the U.S. as well. Uh, all right. The trigger for the windfall elimination provision is that you have to be receiving your pension. So if you start collecting your benefit first and then get your pension later, that windfall elimination provision is not going to begin until that pension starts. Awesome. Awesome. Now, let That's me good. let me ask you a couple of questions, uh, though. Uh, the government employer that you work for, is it a school district? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, and it is one of the school Texas, districts where you CRS. are not paying Social Security. That's correct. Okay. And, uh, uh, I looked up on the chart on the W on the Social Security website. The chart says that I have 21 years of substantial earnings. Okay. And I turned 62 in 2017. So according to that chart, um, the WT chart, um, the maximum they can deduct is 398. Yep. Yep. That sounds is about that right. I don't know. to it, or is it more complicated than that? Uh, no. It's it's not more complicated than that. Uh, for the windfall elimination provision, because that penalty is determined based around the year you turn 62, because at the heart of the windfall elimination okay. provision, all it is is an alternate formula to determine your Social Security benefits. And that formula is set yeah. whether you're exposed to the windfall elimination provision or not. That formula is set in the year you attain age 62. Uh, so, yeah. And, the, and, 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 and the amount, the amount, the amount of my pension, my government pension is not going to affect it. Probably not. Uh, the The only way that it could affect it is there is what they call the WEP guarantee rule that says that the offset can be no greater than one half of your non-covered oh, oh, yeah, pension. Yeah, so, so I'm going to make the assumption yeah, so, that your yeah, pension is going to be greater that. than $800. And if so, that's not going to be a, a problem. Bit, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, I, you know, uh, let me ask you this, though. Do you plan to keep working? Once you file yes. for Social Security. Yes. Okay. For, uh, for probably, probably at least a couple more years. Okay, good. Because I do probably find some people who say that, all right, David, I'm just not going to file for my TRS benefit or whatever the pension is for a little while so I can collect an unreduced Social Security benefit. And that usually doesn't make any sense because your pension stops growing when you stop working. So you're cutting your nose off to spite your face at that point. But in your case, since you're still working. Uh, Social Security pension? Well, your yeah. you know your yeah. Social Security okay. benefit. If you're I understand. If you're not if you're not still working, your TRS pension stops growing generally, and so you're not necessarily yeah, getting yeah. one up on yeah, the system yeah. if you're uh, collecting your Social Security deferring TRS. So what? Um, yeah. As long as you're still working, you're still collecting those years of service. Your pension's still growing. It's a perfect strategy. Do it. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate your help. That's you are great. welcome. Let me give you a quick warning here, though, Dennis. The Social Security Administration yeah. may or may not catch the fact that you have a non-covered pension once you start that pension. Whatever you do. So I definitely have to tell them. You tell them. Don't think you're getting by with it. I've, I've seen people that have gotten overpayment notices 10 years down the road where they started their benefit first. A year or two, they started their non-covered pension and that's when the windfall elimination provisions should have started to apply, and the administration didn't catch it for a few years. And then they came back and they said, wait a minute. Good payback. You owe us, you know, five grand a year for the last 10 years. We need $50,000. And if you don't yeah, pay it, yeah. then they're just going to stop your benefit. So tell them about it when that starts. Sure. Good. Good. Uh, appreciate the advice. You are welcome, sir. Thank awesome. you for calling. And now let's go to Ricky in Georgia. Hey, Ricky. 
Hey, Mr. Carroll. How you doing, sir? Fantastic. Thank you for calling. How can I help you? Uh, well, first of all, I'd say thank you for your videos. They're very informative, and I really enjoy those. Well, thank you. Thank uh, you for watching them. My question, sir, is uh, I'm 67, and my wife is 66, and we just celebrated one year of marriage. And in the next couple of weeks, we have an appointment to sign her up for spousal benefits, Social Security, based on my work record. Mm-hmm. She has no working credit. I know she's entitled to that, but my main question is Part A Medicare spousal benefits. Uh, she, We signed her up on Medicare last year, and we're paying for Part A and B out of pocket. Wow. And we also get that, too. That's expensive. Yeah. Well, we wanted medical coverage. How much are you paying for the Part A? And four sixty a month. Yep. Yeah, that is expensive. Uh, so, well, to my knowledge, the qualification for Medicare Part A is the same as it is for a spousal benefit. So, I would. Uh, when when is this appointment coming up? November third. Well, that's close enough. But man, I would get in there as quickly as possible and have that stopped because she should qualify for Part A based on your contributions to the system at this point. Well, I was understanding that we had to have one year of marriage to get qualified for Part A. Well, yeah, so you just celebrated the one year? Yes, sir. Like within the last day or so? October 17th. Oh, well, yeah, that was. Okay. Well, then that's you're, you're cutting it about as close as you can then, probably with their calendar and the way they schedule appointments out now. But, man, whatever you do, don't let them put you off yeah. any because that's another every year that ticks by now that she's eligible. You don't want to have to give that kind of money up. Right, and and I wanted to sign her up in her enrollment window so we wouldn't have her penalties for a lifetime uh, payment. Yeah. Woo. Uh, so when she gets the uh, Social Security spousal benefit, will she get the cost of living raise January one? Uh, yeah. So the way that's working, you're you're sixty six right now. You said or sixty seven? I'm sixty seven. Yeah. That what what's going to happen is that cost of living increase is going to adjust your benefit. And then that spousal payment is going to be paid off of your benefit. So it kind of automatically gets okay. increased because your benefit got increased. Okay. All right. But the part A is I was really wanting to get her on that. Yes. Because that's very expensive, like you said. But, I don't blame you. You know, she, everybody has to have medical coverage. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you at all. Yeah, that is, uh, that is high. Yes, sir. Well, well fantastic. I, I, thank, I thank you. I'm glad I was able to help you out. And uh, again, don't let them put that appointment off. Don't let them call you and say, we've got to reschedule it. No, make them, hold them to it. Okay. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks for calling. Up next, we have Chuck in Texas. Hey, Chuck. Hi, Devin. How are you today? Fantastic. You know, I don't talk to too many people. First time caller, long time. I don't talk to too many people named Chuck. I have a brother named Chuck. (laughs) So then then I'm special. That's right. You get the preferential treatment today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I appreciate that, sir. Okay, quick question here is, my wife will turn 62 in just a little over a year. Okay. My question to you is, could she apply for her benefits at 62 and then reapply for mine when she reaches 67? No, unfortunately not, Chuck. Those rules okay. are okay. those rules are no more. Unless we're talking about survivor benefits, you can't do that anymore. So people that qualify for survivor okay. benefits can still do the, some of the switching strategies that were available. But with the rule change in 2015 that became effective 2016, and it grandfathered okay. certain people in. Otherwise, 
when you file, they deem you to be filing for all benefits that you're eligible for. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I wish I had better news for you, Chuck. Yeah, that's okay. I actually thought it went the opposite, and that was she couldn't apply for half of mine now and then all of hers later. And, and no, and I think that's precisely what I'm saying is that once she files, that's it. She's getting everything that she's right. entitled to. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. Hey, All right. Appreciate it. And have a great, have day. a great day. You too. And up next, we have Yvonne in Illinois. Hey there. Hi, Mr. Kill. Thanks for taking my call. You are welcome. Thank you for calling. I have one quick question. Well, I have two questions, but the quick one is how much is the cost of living increase? for 2022? Well, that's a good question. It depends. (laughs) This is something that we've been contesting and some of the other colleagues in the social security space, uh, we've been going back and forth to determine is the recently announced cost of living adjustment, the one that they just announced that's going to become effective in December of 2021. Is that the 2021 cost of living adjustment or is that the 2022 cost of living adjustment? And what we find is that the Social Security Administration on their website refers to it both ways. In one place, they call it the 2021 okay. cost of living adjustment. And in the other place, it's the 2022. But the truth is, it's just semantics. The recently released cost of living adjustment that's going to become effective in December, and that comes out on the checks in uh, January, is 5.9%. Okay. And now my next question is, have you heard anything about the possibility somewhere in the next couple of years, five years, where uh, the retirement calculation is going to be adjusted where people will be earning less money at retirement than they are today? No, no. Uh, and, and are you talking specifically about people on their Social Security benefit formula being changed where they start to get less in benefits? I thought it was retired uh, people who have collected retirement. I was on a call with um, AARP asking questions about Social Security, Uh and the narrator indicated that at some point soon, probably between the next two years, possibly the next five years, there may be a federal adjustment in the calculation for the retirement income where people will be earning less money than they are today. Yep. So there are a lot of provisions out there uh, and I can speak to social security. Uh, the, the other types of changes that are floating around uh, the, the sh- this show just isn't big enough for us to get into all of that. But as it relates to social security, I can tell you that there's a lot of provisions floating around out there that could change the program. But I, I don't expect that any of those changes are going to affect anyone who's currently retired. So I wouldn't look down okay. the road and worry too much about those changes. Okay. Now, that brings me up to current. Uh, I just turned 64 on October the 3rd. I decided that I am uh, going to file for my retirement. So I have a scheduled telephone appointment on December 15th. Now, my question is, Based on my calculations, at the point from December 15th through February uh, of, of um, 2022, which I think by then they should have come back to me with, with a concrete number, that would put me at 85% of 
of what I would earn, meaning with me filing early, I know I'm going to be getting less than 100%, but as of March of 2022, that will put me at 85% of my earnings. So I'm going to work part-time. And my question is, uh, once I turn 65 and a half, which will be, you know, uh, in uh, like, what, after October of 2022, are they going to reassess my um, retirement money? Will I be reassessed? And then they're going to say, instead of me getting what I got at 64 and a half, because I kept working, this is how much you're going to get at 65 and a half. Yes. They will do recomputations, and here's the way that works. Your Social Security benefit is calculated based on taking all of your historical earnings up through age 59. They add an indexing factor to that to inflate those for inflation that's happened between whenever you started working and age 59. And then any earnings after 59 are just used at face value. So what they do when you're 62 is they take the highest 35 of those years in your work history, and those are the numbers that's used in the calculation. So if any earnings after that time replaces the lowest year in that high 35 calculation, then they will do the recomputation. Your benefit will be adjusted higher. And that goes for even if you're still working at 85, if those earnings are replacing one of the low earnings in that high 35 calculation, they're going to recompute your benefit. Okay, so... If, if if any one of those years is higher than the lowest earnings in my 35 years, that's what you're saying, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's it. That's in a I nutshell. All right. Well, thanks for calling, okay. Yvonne. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. You as well. Up next, we have Kirk in California. Hey, Kirk. Hi. How you doing, Mr. Carroll? Fantastic. I just want to say thank you for taking my question, and I really appreciate all that you do on the uh, – uh, internet with uh, YouTube because uh, I just recently retired and I went through a lot of YouTube videos, but I, I really zoned in on yours because of the way you present your information. Well, thank anyway, you. my my question is, um, I'm <laughs> it's one of those cases. I'm actually asking for a friend. Okay, um, what it is is a friend of mine who's been was married 21 years and then uh, got a divorce. Uh, she's now been divorced about 17 years. Her husband, ex-husband, I should say, just recently passed away. And she's coming to an age where she's thinking about retirement and then that she's aware of the spousal benefits. But um, this guy went out and a few years after they divorced about 17 years ago. He went out and got remarried. She did not. So um, he just recently died. So in effect, his life, he's had two wives. She was married 21 years. And this other one, I think, has been married, let's say, at least 10 years, you know, to qualify for spousal benefits. So my question is, does when it, the issue is when somebody goes to get their spousal benefits, is it only the previous marriage? Like, let's say somebody was married to uh, four different people, uh, 10 years each. Okay. Do each one of those ex spouses get to participate in spousal benefits? The simple answer is yes, as long as they haven't remarried or as long as that marriage isn't a disregarded marriage, which means that. They got married after the age of 60. Now, when you say spousal benefits, that's specifically for survivor benefits with the disregarded marriage. But that's the benefit that we're talking about here because this guy is now deceased, correct? 
Right. In other words, she just passed this last week. Yep. So this is all that she's coming into an age where she wants to activate Social Security. She, I, we, I was talking to her about it, and and uh, I, I looked in and found I educated myself a lot before I decided to retire myself. Yeah. But it's it's interesting. The Social Security subject: the more you scratch, the more you discover. Oh you know, yeah. As far as how it works. It, it still works that way with me, by the way. <laughs> I still find things. The deeper I scratch, the the uh, more I'm convinced that. Well, it's that, a government program. What can you say? I mean, right. <laughs> so yeah, she she met the trigger for qualification, which is ten years of marriage to an ex-spouse. The second thing that uh-huh. she did not do, she did not get remarried before the age of sixty. Gotcha. Uh, and okay. how old is she now? She's I uh, just turned sixty-one. Okay. So even if she got remarried now, she would still qualify for a survivor benefit. Interesting. Okay. Very good. Yep. Okay, so it's pretty simple then. I mean, it it's is. not like uh, they only consider survivor, or, or not survivor, wrong word, um, spousal benefits for the last married uh, spouse. No, it's right. for whatever and, collection of spouses you might have in a life, as long as it's 10 years and they didn't get remarried before 60. Okay. And we are talking about survivor right. benefits here because he is deceased. You say again, I'm sorry? I said that uh, we are talking about survivor benefits here because uh, this guy is deceased now. So just when you go to the Social Security yeah, Administration to, interesting. to apply, be sure and tell them it's survivor benefits. And, and they're going to have to do some uh, some digging to make sure that they can verify that uh, this guy has died. Would those generally be larger than spousal benefits? Absolutely. A spousal benefit generally is up to one oh, really? half of the, of the benefit of the individual. So, for example, right. if... His benefit would have been two thousand. Then, as a spouse, she would have been entitled to a thousand dollars. But as a survivor, she would be entitled to the full two thousand, reduced for her filing age. Oh, really? Yep. At least for her filing, what? Uh, that would be reduced for her filing age. Right, right, right. That's always a hit. If yep. You know, before your full retirement. Okay. Okay. Very good. Absolutely. That's very good to hear. Okay. Well, I'll pass on the information. And again, I really appreciate all that you do for. All of us out here trying to figure it out. (laughs) Well, thank you, Kirk. And thanks for watching and listening to the show. You got it. Take care now. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you found today's show valuable, would you mind leaving me a review? I read every one of them, and I assure you it's very much appreciated. Oh, and you should also know that, yes, I'm an actual practicing financial planner, but I'm probably not your financial planner, and I'm certainly not your tax or legal advisor. So before you take any action with what we talk about today, you need to consult with your own advisors. I'll be back with another episode soon.